So uh, how many of you like chocolate? Let me get a show of hands. Um, you know, I, I feel like some people are either chocolate people or like fruity candy people, right? Um, I'm a chocolate person for sure. Uh, love chocolate. I like to, you know, take a bite of chocolate and just let it melt in my mouth, right? Um, how many of you guys do that? Just let the chocolate melt. In. If you chew your chocolate bar, you're doing it wrong. I'm sorry. Um, let's go ahead and turn over to, uh, to John chapter 2. And, um, you know, there's th- some of those things in, in our lives that we've just got to stop and, and savor, right? That we got, uh, and I think the Word of God is one of those things. And uh, today I want to talk about a verse that, uh, th- that I've been chewing on for a while. Uh, a verse that, that's been, and I, you know, I, again, every once in a while there's one of those things you just can't get out of your head. It's like a bad song, right? And it's just like it, you, you can't stop singing it all day long. And uh, this verse in John chapter 2, again, has been resonating with me. In verse 17, it says, His disciples remembered that it is written, Zeal for your house will consume me. You know, the context here is that uh, Jesus has entered the temple, and he found it in disarray, right? Uh, They're they're selling sheep. Uh, and doves and and the money changers are are changing money and uh, and so Jesus comes in he doesn't like what he sees and he goes and he makes a whip comes back and and clears the temple I'm sure many of you are are familiar with this story but but at the end of the story you know this is the verse his disciples remember it comes from Psalm 69 and again Seeing Jesus' response after entering the temple, his disciples say that he was consumed with zeal for the house of God. And I couldn't help but think, would people say the same thing about you and I? You know, if they were to come in and join us for worship service this morning, would they say, man, this group is zealous for the house of God. And so the title of our lesson today is Power of Zeal. You know, I think uh, if, if we're going to really worship God this morning, we've got to understand what it means to be zealous in our walk with God. So first of all, what is zeal? How do we define it? You know, zeal is a deep, passion, right? Zeal is a a fire for God, you know, and an enthusiasm, an energy, right? A great intensity, gusto, and fervor. I like this quote. It says, zeal is a volcano on the peak of which the grass of indecisiveness does not grow. You know, there is no maybe or uncertainty with zeal, right? Zeal is confident and strong. You know, zeal is not wishy-washy. It's not blown back and forth. Zeal is strong and firm. You know, maybe my favorite uh, description of zeal is a burning desire for God's will 
to be accomplished. And you know, it's hard uh, for me to believe sometimes. Janelle and I have been married for five and a half years now. Um, that may make some of you feel old. But, um, you know, right after, uh, right after we got married, uh, we went on our honeymoon to Jamaica and uh, spent a week there in Jamaica. How many of you guys have been to Jamaica? Anybody? Okay. Uh, Jamaica was awesome, right? Beautiful island. Uh, we, we had a, a, a great time, you know, uh, loved the, the ocean, the beautiful beach. Uh, but I will never go back to Jamaica. We were staying at this uh, all-inclusive resort, and uh, both Janelle and I got food poisoning. And uh, so it's about halfway through our trip. Uh, we both get sick. Uh, the majority of the rest of the trip uh, we spent in the bathroom. Um, so just not a, a pretty sight. We got really close, uh, really quick, and... Um, you know, I think looking back, the, uh, looking back, the best way I can describe it is, is a burning desire within that, that erupted out of us. Um, so don't think about that too long, but, uh, but I thought that was a perfect description of what zeal is, right? Let's turn over to uh, Jeremiah chapter 20. And, uh, yeah, zeal is a burning desire within. And, uh, and I think true zeal has got to have an impact all around us. In Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9, it says, But if I say I will not mention his word or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire. A fire shut up in my bones I am weary of holding it in, indeed, I cannot. You know, when I think about zeal, this is the number one verse that comes to mind. And I love the way Jeremiah describes God's word, right? He describes it like a fire burning within. Do you consider God's word a fire burning in your heart? You know, zeal has got to begin with a passion from our hearts. But again, it can't just end there, right? If, uh, if zeal only happens uh, in the four walls of your bedroom, uh, you're, you're missing the point, right? If it stays contained there and doesn't have an impact outside, it's not truly zeal. You know, if you have a, a burning in your chest, uh, but it produces no action, uh, it's probably just indigestion, right? It, it, it's not true zeal. You know, I think the, uh, the, the other thing, again, that stands out about this verse, it says, zeal for your house will consume me. You know, think about that, what that means to, to be consumed, right? To, to be filled um, to be overwhelmed, right? To be obsessed for something. To be absorbed by something. You know, being consumed with, uh, with something means it's all you can think about day and night. You know, I think being consumed by something allows it to take over. And I think what consumes your mind will control your life. 
that's the bottom line. Whatever consumes your mind is going to control the things you do. I love this quote by Francis Chan. It says, people who are obsessed with Jesus aren't consumed with their personal safety and comfort above all else. Obsessed people care more about God's kingdom coming to this earth than their own lives being shielded from pain or distress. You know, I've been uh, reading this book recently. Uh, it's titled uh, Getting the Most Out of the Bible. And uh, it's written by Steve Kennard. And uh, he talks about the importance of meditating on God's word. And, uh, you know, meditation is more of a, uh, an Eastern idea, right? And, and I think in the Western world, it's not something, meditation isn't something we really grasp in a lot of ways. You know, we live in, in this instant world of uh, drive-throughs and microwaves, uh, and everything's got to be right now. And I, and I think technology has so made us in, in this hurry-up state of life that we don't really stop and, and meditate. You know, meditation forces us to slow down, right? It forces us to uh, be still and know that he is God, and you and I are not. And, and again, I bring up this idea of meditation because I think meditation is what allows us to really consume a zeal for God. You know, I got to ask you, what consumes your mind, right? What is it that you are choosing to meditate on? You know, for Jesus, again, he was consumed with zeal for God's house. You know, I've got two points for us this morning on, on how our zeal can be more powerful. And the first point is focus. In order to, to really see zeal be effective in your life, you must have focus. You know, I love this, uh, I, I like quotes, so I'm going to throw, you know, another quote out to you. It's uh, by Richard Baxter. He says, as holy zeal is the fervency of our grace, so sinful zeal is the intention and fervency of sin. And so I think zeal can be a great tool if it's focused in the right direction, right? If pointed in the right direction, zeal can be, uh, you know, can prove to be a tool of great production. But if pointed in the wrong direction, it can be a tool of tremendous destruction. I want to, uh, to show this video clip. Looking. Stops, throws, completes it to Kilmer up at the 30-yard line. Kilmer driving for the first down, loses the football. It's picked up by Jim Marshall, who's running the wrong way. Marshall is running the wrong way, and he's running it into the end zone the wrong way. Thinks he scored a touchdown. He had scored a safety. His teammates were running along the far side of the field, Russ, trying to tell him to That is a, uh, a lot of zeal, right? Focused in the wrong way. 
Let's turn over to uh, Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. And, uh, you know, I think that's the way uh, sometimes we can be in our walk with God, right? Um, so much zeal, but not focus in the right direction. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. It says, since then, you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not, you know, zeal does no good if our minds are set on things on earth. You know, we've got to make sure we're becoming passionate about the things God is passionate about and not the things the world is passionate about. You know, again, zeal can be your greatest ally or your worst enemy, and it all depends on your mindset. You know, again, looking back at this, uh, this story uh, of Jesus clearing the temple, you know, the, the, the mindsets of the people in the temple we're just not in the right place, right? They're, they're coming to the temple for profit and not for worship, right? They were coming to the temple uh, to, to make a dollar. Uh, I liked what Ben said about making a, a dollar out of a dime, um, right? They're, they were coming to, to, to the temple to, to make a dollar uh, and not really worship their father, you know, imagine you, uh, you go out to dinner at your favorite restaurant, right? And as, uh, a- as you walk in the door, there's a sign there, and it says, Apologies in advance. No cook on duty tonight. So, uh, so, so the hostess comes up and greets you and, uh, and tells you, Hey, you can sit, you know, wherever you want. Um, whatever's open, go for it. And uh, so you go, grab a seat. Uh, about 15 minutes later, uh, the waiter walks up to take your order, and uh, y- you're, you're giving him your order, right? And uh, at the end, he says, okay, what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to go grab all the food, you know, get everything set up, uh, and then you can come into the kitchen and, and cook it yourself. Um, how many of you guys would stay at a restaurant like that? <laughs> um, there's no way, right? You know, at the, uh, it, you know, the, the crazy thing is, um, you know, it, it, that would be amazing to, to see. Um, you know, there, there's no way, we go to a restaurant to, to be served, right? Uh, we go to a restaurant because we don't want to make dinner ourselves at, at home. So, so trying to go and, and have to cook yourself doesn't make much sense. Church is not a restaurant, though. Um, you, know, you know, again, I think we go to a restaurant to be served, but, but church is not a restaurant, right? We're not meant to just show up, uh, eat, and leave, right? But I think so often that can be our mindset. You know, when Jesus came to the temple and, and he realized these men were not there to worship, uh, but, but only to benefit themselves, um, he said, okay, yeah, something's wrong here. Um, again, what about you and me, right? Do we show up here on Sunday mornings uh, to give or to be given to? 
you know, if you arrive at church looking for people to serve you, um, you may not be consumed with zeal for the house of God. You know, I even think about the verse in Mark 10 that says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And uh, if Jesus came to serve, uh, why would you and I think we could show up any differently? You know, correct me if I'm wrong, but, but again, I think sometimes we can get in this consumer mindset uh, when we come to church, right? That's why they call it church shopping, right? Because you're looking for what's appealing or, or pleasing to you. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes we can come into church and, uh, and we want the worship team to, to serve us, right? Uh, we come in and, and we're looking for the worship team to, to bring up our spirits this morning. You know, I think the reason is because our focus is on ourselves and not on things above. And, uh, and again, I've got to be honest that, you know, this is, it can be something that, that I struggle with, right? If, there, if there's a certain song that, that I, I, I don't quite like or, you know, something happens and I'm just, I'm like, man, this, this, uh, this is not good, right? I think we can get that critical mindset. But again, are you here to serve or are you here to be served, right? Are you consumed with zeal for yourself? Or are you consumed with zeal for God? You know, I think even our prayers uh, can often be focused on ourselves, right? They can be consumed with lots of requests, but not much thanksgiving, right? They, uh, they can be filled with a lot of petitions, but not much praise. And, uh, and again, I think the reason is the focus is on ourselves, Right? Um, the, the focus is in the wrong direction. Um, how about this? How's your focus on evangelism? Right? When is the last time you really got excited about bringing someone to church? Right? Who in your life are, are you zealous about investing in? You know, the, uh, the second thing needed for, for powerful zeal in our lives is fuel. Let's turn over to uh, Isaiah chapter 12. You know, in order again to, to remain on fire in our walk with God, we've got to have fuel, right? Without fuel, the fire is going to burn out. And I think, uh, again, the same is said for our walk with God. Here in Isaiah chapter 12, in verse 4, it says, In that day you will say, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done, and proclaim that his name is exalted. And, and I, again, I love this verse because it's all about remembering what God has done. Right? And I think that has got to be one of the fuels that keeps us going, right? That's got to be one of the, view, the fuels in, in our zeal for God. That, that we've got to remember the things He's done in our lives. And I think for young Christians, often this is easy. You know, again, Ben was sharing about when he first became a disciple, uh, he's like, I was given a crazy amount 
because I saw how much God had blessed my life, right? And I think, again, that's why young Christians, you know, should be zealous because it, it's so immediate. They see so recently where their life was, right? Okay, what about the rest of us, right? That, that, that may have be, we've been around a little while, right? You know, maybe you're not sharing your faith because you don't remember where God's brought you from. You know, that's got to be the fuel that keeps us going. Let's turn over to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, uh, again, another verse that I think so, so greatly describes the fuel that, that we need to have. In verse 2, it says, For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. You know, again, more than anything else, knowledge has got to be the fuel for our zeal for God, right? And it doesn't matter if you're driving a, a Mercedes or a minivan, uh, you step on the gas pedal, but the tank is empty, uh, you're going nowhere. And, and again, I think the point is, is that knowledge of God's word uh, is what's got to fuel our zeal and our energy for God. You know, your, your level of zeal is going to be a direct reflection uh, of your time in the Bible, right? And, and I think the, the stories, you know, in the, in the Old Testament as well as the New, uh, are, are stories of faith, right? And they're written down to, to give us the faith, give us the energy we need to carry on and to have great passion in our walks with God. You know, I love the story of Gideon. And uh, the, the campus know because I share about Gideon anytime I think of a story that inspires me, right? Because Gideon, uh, you know, he, he uh, was the least of his uh, clans, uh, of the least of the tribes, of the least, right? He was, he was on the bottom. And, and so Gideon, uh, God uses Gideon to take 300 men to go up against the entire Midianite army with trumpets and glass jars. And it's a crazy story because they go, all the Midianites wake up uh, and turn on each other and kill each other. And, and I share that because, again, that story gives me zeal, right? That story inspires me, and, and the knowledge of God's word is what fuels our fire and our walk with him. You know, how many of you guys like going to the rodeo? Um, <laughs> the rodeo is, uh, is one of those things you're like, okay, uh, I'll, I'll go maybe once a year, right? And, uh, you know, when we were younger, I remember going to the rodeo, and you go to the rodeo to watch the bull riders, right? That's, that's the best part. And, uh, and so I, I enjoyed going, you know, when I was younger watching the bull riders, and thinking these guys are, are crazy, but that's awesome. I kind of want to do it, right? And, um, you know, nowadays you see, uh, you see bull riders, they've started to wear helmets, right? I think when I was younger, I don't remember seeing the helmets, but, but now they started wearing helmets, right? And uh, I think, obviously, they got a, a little bit smarter uh, because you got to be out of your mind to, to get on a bull without a helmet. And, um, but I think having zeal without knowledge is like riding a bull without a helmet, right? Um, it just doesn't make any sense. 
and, uh, you, you know, trying to be on fire for God uh, without time in your Bible is like jumping on a bull without a helmet on. Um, you know, some of us need to get serious about time in the word, right? And, and uh, if Jesus is the Lord of your life, but you're not reading your Bible on a consistent basis, um, y- you need to reassess things. Um, who here is under 30? Okay, let's, let's go under 30 crowd, right? Um, you guys excited to be here this morning? Are we zealous? Amen. You know, I think, I think again, uh, that, that I'm in that group under 30 for at least another year. And, uh, and you know, uh, I, I think for, for those of us under 30, this is something we really got to grasp, right? Is knowledge of God's word, right? Because I think we can be, we can be full of energy, right? Uh, we can be uh, sometimes loud and, and obnoxious in a lot of ways. But uh, I think zeal can sometimes make us feel like we know it all, right? Zeal can sometimes make us feel like, like we've got it all together. But, uh, but, but we've got to be eager to learn, right? We've got to be eager to soak up that knowledge. But I think for the more mature of us, um, you know, don't, uh, don't let the young guys say, uh, all the knowledge is wasted on you, right? Don't let the young guys say, man, all that knowledge uh, is wasted because where's the zeal? Let's turn over to, uh, to Romans 12. I'm not stepping on any toes this morning, am I? You know, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, Roddy uh, preached uh, for uh, for our joint service, and uh, I thought it was awesome. He asked these uh, these two questions. He said, "Is the church the same way as it used to be, and are you the same way as you used to be?" And uh, and, and I thought those were good questions to to contemplate uh, and really evaluate how we're doing spiritually. And, and, you know, many things may fade and, and deteriorate with, with time, but our zeal for God should not be one of them. Here in Romans 12, that's exactly what it says. In verse 11, it says, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. You know, I want to, to close with uh, a couple specific uh, practicals um, because I think there's some areas, right, where we can be lacking in zeal. Um, there's some areas in our lives that, that we can probably work on these things. And I think it could be easy to, uh, to, to walk away from a lesson on zeal, you know, right, with a lot of hype and, and, and great passion and energy, uh, but, but not put anything into practice. So the first one is, again, having zeal for God's house. You know, again, we've got to imitate this example of Jesus to have zeal for his house. And I think one simple way to do that uh, is by showing up on time and being consistent. You know, it could, uh, I I think our commitment 
to, to being the church on time shows our commitment to God. You know, I want to share this little story. It says, one day this expert was speaking to his class, and he used an illustration that the students would never forget. It says, uh, as this man stood in front of the group, he said, it's time for a quiz. He pulled out a one-gallon, wide-mouth mason jar, and he set it on the table in front of him. Then he produced about a dozen fist-sized rocks and carefully placed each of them into the jar. When the jar was filled to the top and no more rocks would fit inside, he asked the class, is this jar full? Everyone in the class said yes. Really, the professor said. He reached under the table, pulled out a bucket of gravel. Then he began to dump the gravel into the jar, shaking it down and, and moving all the pieces in between the rocks. Once again, he smiled at the group and asked, is this jar full? The students said, probably not. <laughs> Good, he replied. Then he grabbed a bag of sand, poured that, dumping the sand into all the crevices in between the rocks and gravel. And finally, he grabbed a pitcher of water and poured it until the jar was filled to the brim. Then he looked up at the class and asked, what's the point of this illustration? One student raised his hand and said, the point is, no matter how full your schedule is, if you try really hard, you can always fit more into it. Wrong, the speaker replied. The point is, if you don't put the big rocks in first, you'll never get them in at all. What are you prioritizing in your schedule? Right? Are church activities big rocks in your life? Right? What are you making a priority? Yeah, I'm afraid sometimes our, our commitment to the body uh, of Christ just isn't taken that seriously. And I think if we're going to be zealous uh, for God's house, we've got to make every effort, first of all, to be at service on time. You know, and it amazes me, I think, how some of our families are able to, to wake up, uh, get three kids ready, uh, get to church uh, with, with 10 minutes to spare, um, but our singles and campus students are, are coming in about 10 minutes late. Um, that just doesn't make much sense, right? Um, again, we've got to make it a priority to, to be here on time. You know, again, I think uh, making church a priority in our, in our schedule should, should include more than just Sunday service as well, though. You know, we had a, uh, a great time uh, yesterday. Uh, we had a youth and family devotional. 
Um, it, it was awesome. We had uh, Steve Hooper was, was leading our thoughts. Uh, we talked about the, the five love languages um, for, for our teens, and uh, it, it was a great time together. Um, but we've got about 40 families in the youth and family ministry, and I think we, we may have had about 15 families there. Um, where's the priority in our schedules? Um, what are we emphasizing in our families? Um, again, you know what? I know we all got busy lives and, and crazy things going on, um, but either our, our families are perfect and uh, there's really no need for devotionals um, or, or we need to reassess some things in our schedules. You know, again, the, uh, the, the, the second thing is zeal to share his word. And, uh, and again, I, I think not only do we need to have zeal for, for God while we're at church, uh, while we're at church activities, but we've got to be zealous about sharing his word wherever we go. And um, again, Jesus didn't call us to be uh, good churchgoers, right? He, he called us to make disciples, um, and, and that's the point. Um, you know, one of our campus students, uh, <laughs> one of our campus students was uh, in the restroom and uh, gave an invitation under the stall to, uh, to the guy next to him. And, um, you know, again, I, I share that because we, we gotta be, <laughs> we gotta, that, that is true. Um, I did not just make that up. You know, we got to be zealous about sharing God's word wherever we go. Um, It's got to be something that's written on our hearts. And, uh, you know, I think uh, not not only in in the workplace or at school, um, but even more so, again, in our homes. I think, you know, parents, are you zealous about sharing God's word with your kids, right? Uh, I think your kids need to see your excitement for God in your home, and I'm not a parent yet, um, but but I think uh, opening our Bible uh, in our home with, with our kids should be happening on a weekly basis. Um, and again, if it's not, we got to really ask ourselves, what are we zealous for? If we're not zealous for sharing God's word, let's turn over to Second uh, Corinthians chapter five, and we're going to close out with uh, this last verse. You know, ultimately, the the fuel that should feed our zeal for God is the cross of Christ. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 13, it says, If we are out of our minds, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right minds, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died and so i've got to ask you are you out of your mind right w- would your family say you're out of your mind would your coworkers say you're out of your mind when they see your zeal for god right is it evident to the people around you. You know, powerful zeal comes from being compelled 
by the cross of Christ. That's where it comes from. And as we take the bread and the cup this morning, again, I pray that it, it fuels the zeal in your life to burn throughout the rest of this week. And I pray that it, it fuels you 